0: Howdy folks and welcome to episode number 40 of the podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day wherever you may be in the world. The sun is shining here in Melbourne but looks are deceiving. It's absolutely freezing outside so I'm well and truly rugged up while I'm recording this introduction. Guys, this week's guest Joel Bouzade is an extremely incredible individual that's crushing life. Joel has two main pillars that he divides his time between and That's coaching at his CrossFit gym that he owns alongside his brother in Wellington, New Zealand. And the other is educating and inspiring people on how to change their mindset and get the best out of themselves through workshops, webinars, conferences, public speaking, etc, etc. Joel is an extremely intelligent man who encourages people to change their mindset so they can change their life. He thrives on educating people about how their daily habits make up and are impacting their lifestyle and their future ambitions. So I guess you could say he's helping us crush life like he is. He provides us with hot tips to go from zero to hero in absolutely no time and it all begins with you. That's enough from me guys, take it away Joel. Joel Bouzade, welcome to the weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast mate.
1: Thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Joel is joining us from all the way in Wellington, New Zealand. I'm not sure what the weather's like today, mate, but it's freezing cold in Melbourne down here. Can you fill us in on the, the scenery that you're looking at at the moment?
1: Man, I'm just looking out my window at the moment. The sun's beaming in, but outside it is maybe like Melbourne, maybe a few degrees cooler. It's pretty cold.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. We I was um coaching some clients this morning, and the beanies and the gloves stayed on for the whole session. So that's just a little picture of how cold it was in in Melbourne this morning.
1: No, I was actually doing good, good the same
0: thing. A good a uh, good friend of ours, Dale Sidebottom, connected us together. Um, love everything that you're about. Had a had a look at at. Your videos on YouTube and everything that you are you're preaching, and I can't wait to get into the conversation mate, but before we do that, I want to bring it right back to the beginning and what was life like for you growing up
1: uh life like for me growing up was pretty awesome man I was really blessed with um an amazing family really encouraging family uh, lots of good role models introverts and extroverts and um You know, like I guess, like a lot of people spend a lot of lot of time around home and the weekends, and lots of family, encouraging you to play sports or to build forts or play rugby or whatever it may be. And um, pretty much up until I went to college, life was good, man. Like it was was really good. I come from a very not privileged but very um, supportive, um, encouraging, I guess, family life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned the words introverted and extroverted. As a young kid, what were you? Were you more of an introvert, or or were you were you extroverted like you are now?
1: Um, I'd say like I'm naturally introverted. I've just developed um, some extrovert skills to help me um, socialize, connect, do business, sell, and you know so on and so forth so but naturally I'm an introvert and between you know as in my earliest memory between sort of like four and well into my teens like heavily introverted
0: that's pretty interesting to hear you say that Joel because I've listened to your YouTube videos and I've heard you speak mate and you you come across very extroverted and very passionate about the things that you're doing for the listeners at home that may be in a similar boat Mm -hmm. that are that are introverted but really need to be in an extroverted role or just want to step out of their comfort zone what are some tips that you can give to them on how to be more extroverted and how to you know live into that person that they want to be
1: yeah great question I think um you know just just like anything like the more you do it like the repetition of of anything starts to create um almost like a normality and so if for example you're nervous at speaking up in front of groups then just like practice that like even in front of the mirror and or in the car and although that that seems weird um you know i think that we we're all we all struggle at some level and to practice where we are weak is um is actually got a lot of strength in that so i i don't really believe in, in shortcuts i believe in smart work and when it comes to Becoming more extroverted in the areas you need to be extroverted. It's practice, man. It's mirror time. Let's go, baby.
0: (laughs) Definitely, I love that. And I personally was a little bit introverted. I'm naturally extroverted, but I do have that shy side of me. And and being a personal trainer, you need to be extroverted. You need to be on and be the person you know that encourages the the members to get through. I'm sure you know that being a coach yourself. And the things that I did was practice in front of a mirror when I first started. God, it was nerve-wracking and practicing in front of the mirror, talking to yourself seems a little bit stupid, but I can, can confirm that that definitely helped me throughout my journey as well. So great tip there, Joel. Thanks for that, mate. Now, being in, in extro- or an introvert with some extrovert qualities, that's enabled you to, to run some workshops and do public speaking. And, and what was the catalyst for you going down that route in life?
1: I think um, there was a lot of pain associated with not being able to express myself um, through social conversations or even in in groups like family groups or, or social groups. And so um, the catalyst for me was the outdoors. So around about the age of 13, like many people, I ended up going camping, you know, just with college. And uh, that... for for people that have been in the outdoors for extended periods of time, one, the outdoors has a phenomenal power in terms of um, allowing people to be themselves um, and encouraging that. And the second thing is like, you, you know, out there you have to become a leader. You have to speak up. Otherwise people die, right? You're going tramping or you're climbing mountains or you're going kayaking and your communication is required to survive. So that, got me talking more leading more becoming the best version of my of myself more yeah
0: that's a very very interesting topic there and I've never really thought about it that way at all before Joel but you you hit the nail on the head when you're when you're stuck in a life-threatening situation like that you need people to communicate you need someone to stand up and take the reins and and like you said communication is key and I think we can all take a Uh, a bit of that information and apply it to our everyday life because we know that without communication nothing gets done effectively and it has a has an impact on our relationships and work life and and etc like that if we're not communicating efficiently would you agree
1: yeah absolutely and like like i'll be i'll be completely honest with you like i do a lot of work now in corporate environments where People do believe that effective communication is the pathway to, you know, anything that's good, you know, better culture or more cohesion in a team or whatever it is. However, um, the outdoors, like actually getting into that environment, it actually demands it of you. Whereas in a in a corporate environment or even in a gym environment, there's kind of like the option to effectively communicate. And that's why a big part of my life involves with some form of regularity um, getting into the outdoors because it's just such a good teacher, man, such a good teacher
0: definitely Joel, and you mentioned a lot about the outdoors and how powerful it can be. Do you do workshops in the outdoors or are they purely inside and, and teaching the the lessons that you've learned outdoors but applying them to an indoor nature what's what's happening there
1: yeah so, so personally like i don't I don't run any um, workshops in the outdoors myself but as a as a contractor i do a bunch of work for you know um different people in the industry that already have outdoor businesses and um and that's really cool and very meaningful and i love jumping at the opportunity to you know you know head down south and and climb some mountains with some clients or head up north and jump on the river for a week and and facilitate some of the personal developments using the outdoors there is just that's such a beautiful combination for me
0: yeah definitely joe and we're gonna dive into some some of the hot topics that no doubt you would cover in your workshops and when you are speaking to big crowds but firstly i just want to backtrack a little bit you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you are a coach and and i know chatting to you before you do own a a crossfit gym and and um you're coaching all morning talk to us a little bit about how movement is a priority in your life and, and what started the journey to um, to open your own CrossFit box?
1: Yeah, so if we ri- rewind back maybe eight or nine years, I was living in Christchurch, which is kind of like the biggest city in the South Island of New Zealand, and life was really good. I was there with my then girlfriend, now wife, and we both had, you know, good paying jobs and, you know, like, it was just like we were in that real comfortable, I guess, stage of life. and. You know, I was probably a little bit, a lot heavier then than I am now and just sort of like really maybe overindulging in a lot of areas of life, spending too much, eating too much and and so on and so forth. And uh, one day I was walking past um, a a local CrossFit gym and I looked in and it just, it was the visual of it, right? It was like group training and people doing awesome stuff like pull-ups and push-ups and all of that. Um, And I hadn't seen that before in like traditional globo gyms. Uh, So I went along. Worked out, loved it, joined straight away, and then um, rung up my my brother and said to him, hey, bro, I've just started doing this thing called CrossFit. And um, he goes, me too. I started a couple of months ago. He lived in Wellington, which is um, in the North Island of New Zealand. And um, so he came down to Christchurch. We did a few workouts together. We went for a bike ride and did some adventuring. And then we were like, man, should we give it a crack? Should we just give it a go? And we're, you know, you know, starting a gym, it's um for entrepreneurs out there and people that have started gyms before. You'll know that you can start like grassroots, like you can get a garage and some medicine balls, and you can start, and it doesn't require a massive financial investment. Um, so that was us. We did that, and we put in a small amount of money each. We found a building, and we just started going for it. And him, by nature, he's got the um, you know, the exercise science background, and for me, my skill set was. Around uh, communication and bringing people together, and and communicating uh, the benefits of health in a way that was, I guess, you know, attractive.
0: Awesome, Joel. And I love how you touched on communication and, and how you and your brother linked the exercise science with the communication, because I feel that area is lacking a lot in the in the environment with coaches and personal trainers at the moment. they they got the skill sets that they learn through all these degrees and and various courses, but the communication and effectively passing that information on to their clients is a completely different story. So I love how you've incorporated that into into the business there as well, Joel. And for anyone that is lacking with that communication side and effectively relaying that communi- uh, the, the information back to their clients, what are some tips for some trainers or coaches out there to be able to effectively communicate that to them?
1: Yeah, man, that is, that is probably the most important question that any uh, gym owner or coach can ask themselves is how do I use what I know to effectively influence my clients lives or create insights for them. And I think, um, you know, it's a journey, right? So communication and developing better communication skills is a journey and whatever you know now, if you continue to shoot for excellence and continue to learn in three years time, you'll be profoundly impacted by um, what you now know that you didn't know three years ago. And so I don't, again, going back to my original comment, there's no shortcuts, but I think it's like, you've got to have um, a growth mindset around developing communication skills. So at the moment at the gym, like we run what we call a a CDP or a coach development program. So for anyone that wants to become a coach at Maya, they go through this intensive course. And like, I'll be honest with you, 90% of it is communication. It's how do you package through your communication skills health or programming and it doesn't matter if we're doing burpees or pull-ups or muscle-ups or freaking bear crawls. that is irrelevant it's actually just the gateway into health but how you get people sold on it and showing up day in and day out at five o'clock in the morning or at seven o'clock at night after a hard day is you've got to be able to communicate to them at a at a level that they value um and so in terms of in terms of tips, I think you've just gotta you've gotta commit to learning new communi- communication skills and styles.
0: Definitely, Joel. I I definitely agree with that point that you raised there mate because you you as a coach you have to show up regardless of the day you've had and you're there to motivate people to take that journey that step on their journey for for a better health for better health and for a better life and if they've had a tough day any excuse to not come to the session is is going to impact their decision on actually going so I think creating that environment where they wanting to, where they leave the session better than they arrived or feeling better than they arrived then that's definitely a, a a great point of difference
1: absolutely and 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 to that you know when we when we coach our coaches like you know you need to be able to go so the priority is to keep our members safe good do we know how to do that good And, and they do we need to be able to make sure they have fun because if people are laughing and having fun and enjoying it there's, there's way more likelihood that they're going to come back. And if they keep coming back, not only is that good for business, but more importantly, it's good for their health. So then they become the walking, talking billboards for for their family and community. And we attract more of the same awesome, legendary people. So it's really important that we can have conversations like that. Like, first of all, safety. Second of all, fun. And then third of all, Let's create some insights so that they can learn and develop and can become more aware of their personal, physical potential.
0: Hit the nail on the head there, Joel. Now, mate, we touched on motivation just briefly in that little conversation there, and I know that's an area that you chat about in your, um, in your, your workshops and stuff like that. Now, why is motivation something that we're always searching for, and why don't we just have that fire in our belly to be able to go out and do it? Why do we always need motivation?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I'll just make a quick distinction here, which may be helpful for listeners is so one aspect of my life is co-running the gym with my brother. We've got 12 coaches. Love it. It's just like such an epic part of my life. And the other aspect of my life is from more of a personal leadership perspective, running workshops, delivering keynotes, facilitating, um, Basically, yeah, personal leadership solutions so that people can show up and be more effective, regardless of the context. So, it could be gym owners, it could be coaches, it could be, you know, corporate managers, whatever. Um, In terms of motivation, so the brain is really interesting in that it can't maintain certain levels of energy expenditure. And so, for example, when it comes to eating, just as an example, the brain gets really excited about that because that is linked biologically to a survival like we need that and so we're really we become really focused and motivated around food and I'm sure everyone can 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 relate to that if we're in a fight or a flight situation the brain uses a lot of energy to to deal with that situation and which is quickly followed by um a a period of rest where we default back to um, almost like our habitual self or our automatic self that is very unconscious and so the reason why we can't stay motivated for long periods of time basically is because it requires too much energy to stay motivated and consciously motivated for a long period of time we always fall to the level of our system which is essentially our habits
0: wow that's such an interesting point and yeah, you hit the nail on the head when we actually don't think twice about finding motivation to eat because it is a survival technique from from back mm. in the day. So that's a that's a fantastic point that you that you raised there. Now Joel, being in the the motivation sort of field, what are some tips on how we can motivate ourselves and how we can turn our our wants into into the fire and the belly that we spoke about before and actually desiring to do that all the time?
1: Yeah, so I
0: think for
1: me anyway like at a chemical level chemical level you've got to train like i just think there's something profoundly true about sweating so when we sweat we you know there's a whole lot of hormones that get released and chemicals and so on and so forth and you just can't argue with that and it doesn't matter if you're right now super inactive you've been on the couch for too long um just getting out there and getting a brisk walk on for 30 or 40 minutes Um, earphones in, listening to something you know really cool that sweating is going to be really motivating it's through time if you can just consistently do that um, not only at a chemical level but through the self-control that you start to demonstrate to yourself so I think number one is exercise Um, number two would be um, stacking the habit of exercise with other things around it so like eating well super hydration maybe adding in a cold shower or meditation, whatever kind of works for you and your personality type. But like, don't just do the physical activity, but do something else with it. Maybe you start to become more mobile and that will leave you feeling more motivated as well because at the end of the day, week, month, and the year, if you can look back and go, well, most of my life is lived through habit and I've started to actually take some control. And now as a result of taking control, I'm fitter, leaner, stronger, sharper, smarter, you know, there's just something really motivating about that in terms of a byproduct. And then the last thing I'd say is you've got to cast a vision, man. Like, and I know it's hard for some people, and they just like I sometimes work with um with youth, and I say um, so so what is it that you want? What do you really want? And you know, they can't think past getting the latest iPhone or playing PlayStation or something like that. But and for for those of us that are listening, that are sort of like beyond our our 20s like into our 20s like you've just got to do the the heavy lifting that's a metaphor for the mind work to sit down and go what would an exciting future look like to me like if you could touch it taste it feel it smell it what is that and get really like invested into that vision the purpose of a vision is to give you a great feeling right now about a compelling future that you don't have yet. And that leaves us feeling really motivated.
0: Dude, hit the nail on the head there. And and there's so much science and uh, reports and anecdotal evidence even to prove that movement is key for all pillars of life. So moving your body in one way or another, it doesn't have to be going to the gym five days a week. It doesn't have to be, you know, participating in a CrossFit far- class. It could just be moving your body and going for a walk or adding more movement into your life. Mm,
1: mm, yeah, totally agree. It's, uh, it's To me, it's one of those activities that if you just repeat it every day like just get out there and sweat um and you you know you got to manage that like people can work out every day and then get really really stiff um including walking you've got to stretch as a result of that you've got to you know maybe have some sort of anti-inflammatory um protocol around that like upping your omega-3s or your P A D H A intake so that you know, you don't end up getting super stiff and then highly inflamed. But regardless, I think the benefits are just like, they're undisputable, you know, like, it's just, you've got to do it.
0: Definitely, Joel, definitely. And as we know, motivation is temporary. So how can we put in place some accountability measures to make sure we're staying consistent with our motivation?
1: Mm, Yeah, I think, um, so once you've cast a vision or said another way, Create some goals and I don't mean like, you know, just setting some goals because that's what I'm supposed to be I mean, like you're actually really invested and attracted into your goals Once you've done that I think the next key piece of the puzzle is identifying who are the people that are already achieving these goals or doing what my goal is and then surround yourself with those people as much as possible. And if you can't access them, read their book. If you can't get to them, listen to their audio book. Do you, you, you know what I mean? like You've got to get as much as, you, as possible into their, their norm because that's how we elevate our game. So, so let me give you an example. If you want to become better at rock climbing, then you can practice all you want but you'll only ever push yourself so far and that will be motivating at times and at other times it will be demotivating and you like any other person pursuing a goal will go through mountaintops and valleys and mountaintops and valleys and it'll just be like a general journey. However, if you hang out with the best rock climber in New Zealand or Australia in the world consistently, you will not only be super motivated um but you'll learn at a much faster rate and as you learn at a much faster rate you'll apply yourself at a much faster rate your results will come at a much faster rate and generally speaking that will lead to sustained levels of motivation
0: amazing Joel I, I love that point there and and you really want to fully immerse yourself in your vision or your goal and the people that are that are crushing life for lack of a better term to be able to stay motivated and stay accountable
1: hundred percent yeah that is you know and and you know like there's there's so many ways to skin a cat you know and i just think that the brain or the human brain like it's not designed to always be motivated it's not designed to keep you consistently operating in a mode of excellence it's designed to keep you comfortable and so if we just understand and get that the way to get out of our comfort zone and to enjoy the benefits of stepping outside our comfort zone is to surround ourselves ourselves with people that are already playing life at the level that you want to be playing at it at,
0: amazing, dude, I love it, and you touched a little bit on goal setting and I know this is a word that gets thrown around or a process that gets thrown around, but I'm not quite sure that a lot of people fully understand how to set goals and how to really be accountable for their goals and even setting goals in the right manner so for me, personally, growing up, I was always, I always thought goal setting was writing something that I wanted on a piece of paper and working towards that. Can you explain why that type of goal setting isn't as beneficial as taking a more accountable approach, for example, like smart goals?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I think um, so the process of writing down a goal, the, the problem with that is your unconscious mind. There's no difference to the unconscious mind on whether or not you've achieved that goal or you've just written it down. It's just you've experienced that at some level. So it doesn't actually lead to a willpower or discipline or a motivation to go and then act. And as you know, and all the listeners know is that the only difference between where we are and where we want to be is is, is, is action, right? there's, There's an inaction around what we want. So I think if you're looking at setting goals in a way that keeps you accountable, you've got to look at goals from a couple of angles. So one, cast vision. So what's the vision for your health, right? Um, I want to be energetic and I want to be functional. That's a vision, right? I want to be energetic and I want to be functional. And then from that vision, if we drop down a level, we then want to ask ourselves, what are the behaviors that would indicate, or what is the evidence that would indicate, sorry, not the behaviors, the evidence that would indicate that I'm there, so from an energy point of view, you might go, um, well, on my WHOOP, which measure, measures my HRV, on five out of seven days a week, it's green, which is, you know, one measure of, of energy and health, right? Um, from a functionality point of view, you might take four different workouts and they might test you in different ways and then you might measure your progress there. But... Like the scales or like any kind of number can provide to you, you need to have some sort of measure or evidence to give you the feedback that says, yes, Joel, you are energetic and you are functional. Does that make sense?
0: Definitely, Joel. Definitely. I love how you've summarized that for the listeners at home. And giving us a new new way to approach goal setting, as I said before, the go- setting goals and and being accountable for your goals and actually changing your your um your daily life to be able to work towards those goals is a completely different thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so the vision is supposed to be attractive, and it's also supposed to be vague to an extent. Like the really the purpose is to excite you. That's the vision. The the evidence is rather. Right boring and almost cumbersome but it gives you the feedback to know that you're on the right path so keep going Um, and I think it's really important that you have those two things in play so that's the vision that I'm after and this is some of the evidence that would let me know that I'm on the right path keep going and, and so on and so forth from there we can drop it down another level and go if I could only do one thing every day that would get me to experience that evidence what would that one thing be? And that's like applying the the law of the vital few or the 80/20 rule. And so you might say, well, just train every day. That could be the one thing. Or you could say, just make sure I have doubled the amount of vegetables that I currently have. You know, maybe every day you have 400 grams of vegetables instead of 200 grams of vegetables. But you know, find out what is the one thing that moves the needle more than anything else, and keep it real simple. Like it's got to be simple, right? We've only got a day. And it gets used up pretty quick. So if you're trying to execute this stuff after three o'clock in the afternoon, like the chances are, you know, it's going to be tough.
0: Definitely, Joel. I love that, mate. I love how you summarise that all for us. Thank you, mate. And again, going with goal setting comes the power of our thoughts. And as we know, our thoughts can be so detrimental, but also so beneficial in order to to achieve our goals and work towards those uh, I was listening to one of your your chats the other day, Joe, and I love how you mentioned the fear fear of failure. And why is this so important? Just for the listeners at home that may not have watched that video, why is the fear of failure so important in order for us to succeed?
1: Mm, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I um, so if I just go back to the outdoors for a moment, I think when the fear of dying is present you tend to give yourself one option which is to high perform so you're climbing a, a rock face or you're kayaking down a river or you're tramping on a on a mountain sort of like a ridgeline and and because you're scared that you could fall or take the wrong turn the, the fear of dying is present you tend to dial into exactly what you need to do in order to survive And said another way, high perform. And so to answer your question directly, whatever the context, if you are aware and tuned into the fear of failure, if you interpret that well, you can then use that to increase the need for you to high perform.
0: Excellent. Well, I've never really thought of that analogy before, Joe, and it definitely does make sense. And you can put that into any platform of your life that you may be, you know, fearing if that's you ready to make a speech to your your fellow uni students or you're going for that job promotion or the job interview, you know, you can put those con- things into context of your own life and, and start to apply them directly to yourself. Now, Joel, along with fear comes courage, mate. And what, what does courage look like to you and how, how can we be more courageous in our everyday life?
1: Yeah. To me, um, courage is when so you're you're faced with a decision, and you can see that there's a, an upside and you can see that there's a downside. And um, that's what makes it really, really difficult. And um, you, you there's a moment there where you realize it's really easy to just deny it, to it's easier to turn away, it's easier to fold, it's easier to just withdraw. And I think courage is when you kind of can realize that your reputation's on the line or the fear of failures on the line or your growth is on the line, and you decide to engage anyway and just give it your absolute best. I really think that's what it is, and it's not that blind, just like you know running off a rock into the river and doing a big jump. I don't think that's courage in the context that you mean. I think it's it's you've got a decision to make and you've realized that this is the decision that's going to help change the trajectory of your journey. And you're there and you're on the line and it's easy to go that way. And it's hard to go this way, but for whatever reason you decide to go this way, because you know, you know that that's attached to your own personal growth, even if quote unquote to others, you fail.
0: Joel, that's the perfect summary of courage that I could have asked for me. And I guess people often associate courage with, you know, fighting a bear or jumping off a cliff, like you said before, but true courage to me is exactly how you summarise that, mate. And and knowing yeah, you're up against the odds, but still trusting your gut instinct and, and going with what you're passionate mm-hmm. about and your values, I think that's true courage as well.
1: Yeah, and I think the more, the more, so I've got a a model that I like to kind of, I guess, work off. And it's just, it's like, if you just think about, an ascending ladder like at the bottom there's this this idea around self-esteem and then as we build our self-esteem we become more confident as a general overall feeling and the more confidence we have the more likelihood the more likely we are to step into our courageous self when we need to because we don't need to be courageous every day Uh, we could we could go looking for it. Again, that would use up a lot of energy in the brain, in front of the brain. Like we'd get pretty pretty tired, pretty quick. Um, and We might start to make some not so great decisions. But I, I think it's one thing to talk about courage and to talk about the benefits of it. It's another thing to build a good foundation. And so building your self-esteem, whether you're 35, 15, or 85, I think is the gateway into a foundation of um a foundation of courage. Yeah.
0: Amazing, Joel. I love it. And alongside courage, you know, there, there's no real time like living in the present. And, and I guess everyone has these, these ambitions or something they want to do that's greater than what they're currently doing at the moment. And, and being courageous is stepping out of your comfort zone and actually pursuing that. I'm sure being an entrepreneur yourself, you've gone through these moments where you're like, I can be bigger and I can be better than what I'm doing at the moment. And you, and you strive for that you know that goal um what are some what's some advice for people who are wanting to take the next step with their business their podcast their life they want to get get uh together and start a gym or start a podcast what are some bits of advice to be courageous and take that first step
1: generally speaking the thing that's holding people back is um well actually it's a belief right it 's a limiting belief, and um when I talk about and train this aspect of our of our brains or of who we are, like I keep it really light like i 'm not talking therapeutically let 's dive into you know you know your your beliefs growing up, but we've all got a set of beliefs, and we we 've created them we've created them, and they are hindering us in some ways, and so If you want to start a podcast or you want to start a gym or you feel like your fullest expression is definitely not doing what you're doing now, then get a coach or find someone that can do some work with you around beliefs because once we let go of limiting beliefs or cultivate new beliefs that are empowering, we'll do anything. I mean, you just look around at humanity. We're all the same, man. We're all the same. Like at a a cellular level, like we're all the same. And so we can do anything, um, but it's our beliefs that either hold us back or propel us forward. So that would be like the 80 20 for me is like doing, you know, paying a few hundred dollars or whatever it costs to do some work with a coach to help get you into the space where you feel resourceful. Because, you know, you're running a podcast now, right? And you're probably doing really, really well at doing that. But there would have been a time in your past where the idea of it, was actually quite overwhelming. And now you're probably sitting there going, far out, I can, you know, this this is easy. And (laughs) it's like, well, not easy. I mean, it's obviously a lot of hard work, but you've got to a point now where you've got mastery around taking those steps or being being courageous in that area, which before you didn't know. And so it's, it's, it's work around beliefs. Like, do you believe that you can impact people through podcasts and do a bloody good job of that? And if you don't, you won't start it.
0: Definitely, Joel. And thinking back to, to you know some of the first podcasts that I've done, and, and listening to how I spoke and how I addressed people and the questions I was asking, it was almost uh, cringeworthy listening to that, mate. So you you hit the nail on the head. It's that repetition and and the belief system that you know you can influence people through through this form of communication.
1: Mm.
0: Awesome, Joel. Now coming to the end of the podcast, mate. I just want to nail a few things. You know, get to know you better and find out what you're doing in your everyday life to make you turn up your best self. So uh, I know you're a big, big advocate for living in the moment, Joel. So what do you do every day to make sure that you're showing up your best self? Is that from daily routines or, or, you know, priorities? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think, um, like there's some things that I've just sort of dialed in over the last few years that have been really helpful for me at a self-esteem level. So, um, just went past two weeks ago. Um, two years of doing cold showers. So, for me, um, it's less about the cold shower and it's more about getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, and and I mentioned earlier in the in the talk about habit stacking. So, um, if for example I cultivate a habit of doing cold showers every day. And while I'm doing that, I could also recite my affirmations for 2019. Then I'm kind of tripling down on an opportunity that I otherwise wouldn't have wouldn't have created. So I do believe in in rituals and routines. And so for me, it's like like I said, sweating every day um, as much as possible. Um, simple things like drinking lots of water. I feel like that's just such an easy thing. To do and and it's a it's an easy habit, um, so working out, uh, drinking lots of water. I get up pretty pretty early, like five o'clock is like the norm. And I read once in a book, I think it was um, it was Lewis Howes brought out a book, and it was like the top ten habits that um, millionaires have. And I was like, oh, I, I read the book; it's a really short book, and one of them was um, millionaires get up. Three hours before they have to. And so the idea was that if you needed to get up at eight o'clock in the morning so that you could get ready and get to work by nine, then the suggestion was get up at five and use those first three hours to get all of the personal wins under your belt that build your self esteem and kind of like start to strengthen your internal game. So, you know, it's like I don't want to tell people what they you probably already know, but like if you're a yogi, then doing your yoga practice, if you're breathing lowers your anxiety, then starting the day off with some breathing, breathing techniques or going to the gym and doing CrossFit or stretching or cold showers or affirmations or any of those things. I think if you do that which is hard every day, eventually it becomes your automatic and your easy. And through time that produces a level of esteem and confidence and courage that you just can't buy or shortcut later on in life.
0: Fantastic summary there, Joel. And you, you mentioned before about going into the cold showers. How do you go in the New Zealand winters, jumping into a cold shower, mate?
1: <laughs> I actually started in the middle of winter, so it was a bold <laughs> start a few years ago. And uh, there was definitely some, some howling and some screaming and some <laughs> almost slipping over. Um, yeah, it is is really cold and I think it's, 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 um, it's just, it is hard, but there's a quote that I saw on a Tim Ferriss TED Talk. I think he's only got one, so it shouldn't be too hard to find, but it said, um, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. And, um, that just kind of like is a real simple way for me Of um, reminding me sometimes when it's easy to do stuff that that's gonna, you know, build a life in the future whereby it might not be so conducive to what I want. Or if I make this hard decision now, then that might provide some level of freedom or peace or joy in the future that I couldn't otherwise have. So, as much as possible, and please, I'm no saint or role model. I just try and lean into the hard, you know, like if you always choose hard, I think that. It starts to build a resilience around decision making, and I think that's just really useful for us as beings.
0: Definitely, Joe. And it's like anything, right? If you're if you're wanting to, like, for example, I always refer back to sports or to athletes. If you're an athlete and you're wanting to strive to that next level, you're going to put in the hard yards and you're going to be doing extra work and and training all all to make that your job uh, easier mm. and better than what you are at the moment. So I think um it, it, having a culture is just a platform. To, to show your resilience and your determination and controlling your breath in a difficult situation is, um, is another way that you can do that. So testament to yourself, mate. I know um, I've been trying to get into the, the cold showers as of late. I've b- built my way up from washing my face with freezing cold water in the morning, first thing I get up, to, to now I'm, I'm immersing my full body in the shower and I'm slowly getting there, mate, but no yeah. rush.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome.
0: Now, Joe, uh, what does your best day look like, man? And what, what, are, what are any future goals that you have that you're working towards at the moment?
1: Yeah, man, awesome. Um, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you know, for me, my, you know, like I got really like my best day for me. It's like, you know, it's up early. It's up early and it's doing for the first three hours of my day all the stuff that I know is going to get me to a position at the end of my life where I look back and I'm like really proud of who I am. I'm really proud about the impact that I made. And I've got a ton of memories that make me laugh or cry. Like, And and a lot of that stuff in the morning, that three hours, it's around vision casting for my family. It's around goal setting. It might be booking experiences. It might be reaching out to old friends and just sending text messages. It might be reading through affirmations. It might be doing the internal work. So, that's always going to remain. Um, And then there's got to be some form of movement. Like I just totally believe in at a chemical and hormonal level, the benefits of movement. Um, So, you know, that's kind of like how the first part of the day goes. And then it's like five hours of deep work that moves the needle for my clients, customers and the people that, you know, consume, you know, my Instagram feed or Facebook. Like there's just like inherently, I think in all of us, if we all had, the ideal salary and we ticked off that security safety aspect of our lives we'd all probably most of us my assumption seeing the good in people would be we'd want to serve other people want to help other people smile like that's just that's what we do <laughs> where we're communal sort of beings um so five hours of work and then trying to look at the afternoon of my day um of like just doing stuff to recover like let the brain rest and recover so that could be like beach walks or playgrounds with the kids it could be hanging out with mates it could be doing something novel like going to a local rock climbing gym but just unplugging from the front of the brain being so on and um you know have a real nice meal in the evening with the family and talk about what we're grateful for that to me that's like a great day and if there was a different type of day it would be that is great. It would be being on stage. Like that is my, that is my zone, like front of the room or on stage where I have the, um, the ability to influence how people feel about themselves and how people see themselves and, and create insight for people. Like that is where if I'm not with my family, if I'm not doing that first ideal day, I need to be in that environment because you know, it's not arrogant. It's just accurate. Like that's one of the gifts I've been given is to, is to help people see themselves better than they currently do.
0: Definitely Joel. in no way known is that arrogant, Mate, You're influencing a large scale of people through the things that you're doing every day. And you're being the the person that exactly that you're telling the people you are and you're living into yourself, which is amazing to see and so inspirational. Now I'm sure Joel, that you're your thinking wasn't always in this mindset and what, what was the life event or the, the series of events that, that collated to switch your thinking into this wonderful way of thinking that you are at the moment?
1: I think it was, there was a, there wasn't like one, like, I, I think, you know, having spent off and on like, you know, half of my life in and out of the outdoors, like there's a lot of moments that compound and consistently remind you that if you want it, you can do it. Like when I was 16, I was hypothermic on a river and we I dislocated my shoulder multiple times that day and we were stuck and it was we should have been off the river at 5 p.m. and we got pulled out by search and rescue at 3 a.m. And like you are just like over the course of eight hours while you're thinking the worst thoughts, you're just like constantly in and out of being optimistic and being like doom and gloom, optimistic and doom and gloom. And I think that most of us don't get ourselves into those situations enough. Now I'm not suggesting that we all go out there and do high risk activity, but I do believe that taking calculated risks is the way to hone the very best of who we are and, and bring it to the conscious surface so that we can access it with more regularity and confidence. So I could talk to you about a number of moments, but I think for me, it's just consistently um, looking at a situation and going, what's the downside? What's the upside? And am I willing with everything that I know about myself to step forward into this and um, give it my best? And if I do that, I think through time, because life's a journey, I'll become better and better and better and better at whatever the game is that I'm playing.
0: Oh, that's that's unbelievable, mate. I'm getting goosebumps listening to to that story, bud. And I love your your resilience and how you've taken that that life event or the series of life events um to to shift your thinking and influence people on a large scale. Now, mate, heading to the last couple of questions for the podcast. What are your what's your main message and why do you get up each and every day to do what you do?
1: You know, man i've I've had the unique privilege of being able to work with hundreds of thousands of people I for a long time I used to head over to um, Italy every year for you know up to three and a half months and I would be in charge of um, delivering powerful messages around personal leadership so I've met people from all different backgrounds ethnicities uh, privilege circumstance people that are suicidal people that are depressed people that have the lowest self-esteem and can't see past anything but their anxiety right now like i've i feel like my gift has been been exposed to so many people and right or wrong my general uh my general general my generalization is that people are cutting themselves short of living their best life and they are a victim of their own circumstances And it's too easy to blame other people and make excuses and deny our problems um, than it is to take ownership and step into our, our absolute best. So my message is to remind people that they are far more powerful than they're currently demonstrating and to challenge them to step up and really take ownership of their lives. And as they do that, their life gets better, their friendships get better, their relationships get better, their contribution to the world gets better. It's just like, it's win 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 win, you know? And so that that's that's why I get up in the morning because I know that in a room of thirty or a room of three hundred, there's one person that's gonna walk away and they're gonna significantly change their life. It happens all the time.
0: Joel, the proof is in the pudding, mate. You are doing incredible things uh for the community and and just inspiring people on a daily basis is so It's so great to see and it's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. I can't thank you enough for your time and, and for sharing your insight with all of my listeners now. Now, mate, where can we contact you and where can we find out more about the things that you're up to?
1: Yeah, cool, Matt. And just first of all, man, thanks so much for the opportunity and, um, you know, really appreciate the platform and I appreciate the skill set and I appreciate like the invitation and just reaching out and, and creating an opportunity for this to occur because, you know, like being on stage or like a conversation that happens at the right time between you and a loved one or whatever, like this podcast could very well be through the questions that you've asked or some of the things that I've shared it could spark something for someone that could never have been achieved otherwise. So, mate, thank you for doing what you do, I'm sure. Um, Someone's listening, going far out. I'm really glad I tuned in today, so thank you. Um, In terms of um, contacting me, like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Joel Aid, um, I'm sure you've got some show notes where you can type my name in there. and that's like the easiest way to contact me. And, and through those platforms, um, it's really easy to get in touch and give me a call or reach out on email or find out what I'm doing, um, you know, events and so on and
0: so forth. Definitely, mate, and I will have all your details in the show notes and thank you for your kind words. Guys, Joel Bouzade, thank you so much for, for your time, mate. I hope you have a, have a ripping day over in Wellington.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much. I take care. And I look forward to, uh, to tune in to the rest of the shows that come up over the next coming months thank you legend mate
0: cheers and that's this week's dose of euphoria connect with myself and the euphoria health community on instagram or facebook at euphoria health through these channels you'll find cool workouts plant-based recipes and daily challenges until next time guys i'm your host matt and remember don't settle for anything less than euphoria